You're listening to the Call Me Mr. You, the podcast, your new home for inspiration, family, sports conversations, and a lot of other stuff. We're your all-purpose pod for an all-purpose life and your weekly mirror check before you go change the world, baby. Enjoy the show. I'm your host, Mr. You. Thank you again for joining us on the all-purpose pod for an all-purpose life. They call me Mr. You is back on the air, season four, and we are rolling already. Wherever you are today, however you're listening to They Call Me Mr. You, the podcast. Thank you again for making us a small part of your morning, your day, and your week. As always, and prayerfully forever, will be your weekly mirror check before you go change the world. However, you're following us on social media platforms, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and even LinkedIn. Thank you again for all of your support. Well, season four is back. I'm so excited to be back with you guys. Let me tell you something. Last season was not just an epiphany for us, for many of us, from what I heard from a lot of your comments and your thoughts and opinions about the show and the topics that we've had. Some of the new ideas that we implemented last season, you're going to see a lot more of those, a lot more listener participation episodes, a lot more his and her episodes from my wife and I. We got a lot planned for the season, a lot more interviews, a lot more fun stuff. We'll be getting ideas from you guys on what you want to talk about. We're going to do it this season, so we're pretty excited about where we're heading. There's been a lot going on. Since last season, there was a lot going on, even in the season that we're in right now, you know, and there's just one thing that I think I kind of went back and forth about what would be a the perfect topic to kick off season four. What would be the discussion that I think we need to be having right now? You know that we always aspire to be your weekly mirror check before you go change the world, before we can change the world, however... We got to address some things that are kind of serve as elephants in the room, kind of deal with some issues, not so much on a public platform, but privately first, begin to deal with some things that we've been maybe perhaps overlooking, uh, not dealing with. I think it's just time, uh, but I've been, it's almost like a running joke, but it's kind of not really funny, but my wife and I have been talking about it and I've, I've, I've brought out a a a term that I've been using a lot toward mid late last season. And even to now I've been noticing the increased use of what I call a shot collar. Now, if you're aware of that at all, and we'll go into it a little bit, what that means, but basically it seems to be the effective neutering of man. Most of you who have pets, especially dogs, you are familiar with what a shot collar is and why it's used, good or bad. You know what it means to be neutered. Your pet does, especially. And you know, and you probably have some kind of man in your life, 
whether it be a father or a husband, a son or a brother, nephew, friend, associate, coworker, manager, supervisor, et cetera, et cetera. So this is all going to make sense before we end this episode today, hopefully. We're going to take our time and walk through this because this is a very personal subject for me. It developed uh, through last season to some degree, but I just felt like it was the kind of topic that requires some time, some some introspection, even some prayer. But what I wanted to do was just kind of touch this in, I hope, as a significant and thoughtful and intelligent way. Even though I'm kind of somewhat tongue-in-cheek, this is a serious topic that I want to discuss. What I'm talking about the neutering of man, there's so many areas where I feel as though, and this is not just my personal opinion, I think it's shared by many in my circle and people who I don't know that I hear from from time to time on our social media platforms. But also, you know, I, I just feel, I kind of feel as though that, you know, I have a, almost a responsibility to talk about this. So let's jump into the episode today. All right, so a lot of areas where I see men adversely affected by this shock collar syndrome that I've been noticing. Uh, just in general decision-making, business ventures, uh, even the act of choosing a local church for your family to go to, everyday parenting issues, finances, the choice of clothes you wear when you're going out to an event or when you're going to work in the morning, friendships and relationships in general, family gatherings, family vacations, future career choices for your children that you pick out sometimes, home buying, and just general areas where you could be inspired and maybe perhaps you're being manipulated. It sounds vague, but there's a point to this. We're going to get there. Trust me. You know, I've met, I've been around a little bit. I've met a lot of women who are wives and mothers and have become so fearful and disgruntled with where they are in their personal lives that ruling their household with an iron hand is really their only recourse. It's their only way or their only path in their mind to some sense of comfort and security. And it's usually because the men in their lives haven't stepped up, uh, not only in an authoritative way, but in a way that's purposeful. Just a general statement, but it's going to make sense in the context of the episode. Now, some even believe that it's their way or the highway. I've met these folks, so these are not figments of my imagination. These are real people. Some believe it's their way or the highway. I know many husbands. I met one just the other day. Well, I saw one the other day who I used to work with, with the government. And I know many husbands that dare not cross their wives. They walk through their entire marriage on eggshells potentially being deprived of the weekend hippity-dippity, if you will, just to make sure that, you know, they honor whatever they're being asked, no matter, no matter how they feel about it, having no opinion, I guess you can say. Now, I'm no expert, but most manipulators do so because they lack the control early in their life. I'm not a medical professional, but it seems as though that seems to be the case in a lot of situations. And they vow to themselves privately that they'll never be abused again 
or taken advantage of again. So they trust nobody. They assert their dominance in every situation. They withhold sex. They threaten to take the children. They run the house and it is their sense of security. It's their way or the highway, quite literally. It's not partnership. It doesn't smell like collaboration. It doesn't appear to look like unity. It's just sheer control. I'm not attacking any wives and mothers, but there's a point in this I want you to understand. We're going to get to it shortly, so hang with me. Don't leave me. This is our fourth season, so you know how the first three seasons have gone. You know my heart in a lot of situations, so trust me. This is not an attack against anybody in particular. I'm trying to make an important point that's going to benefit families, I believe, and benefit people on an individual basis as well. Now, I dubbed 2022 as the year of the shock collar. It was thought off kind of tongue-in-cheek, but the more I looked around and met people, networked, talked to friends and things like that, I realized that there are unprecedented instances of men becoming... How do I say this in a nice way? Becoming more tame, more docile. Now, my my mug is full of Joe. I'm going to sip on some while you think about what I just said. <laughs> okay. So, I call 2022 the year of the shot collar because it seems as though there's many more instances that I'm seeing more than ever. Maybe it was always there. I just never noticed it before. But... They're becoming more docile, more tame, more domesticated, if you will. Now, this is not hyperbole to me. In fact, I think it's a frighteningly accurate description of what's actually taking place. Like I said, it may have been going on all the time, and I just didn't notice it. There are even studies that indicate multiple reasons why shock collars shouldn't be used on family pets, uh, especially those of the canine variety. And, you know... I use the shot collar uh, term in jest at first, but it made me want to go and look up what shot collars were used for, why were they even made, and what I found is kind of disturbing. Um, if you're a pet, you know, don't plug your ears. This is uh, you're going to be okay. Just stick with me. But shot collars. Obviously, they're harmful to animals. We, I think we understand that part. Uh, those that still use them, I'm not quite sure how you don't know that it brings harm unless that's your intention to the animals. Uh, it causes a shock that causes distress, psychological pain. It causes phobias, which is fears, and high stress levels. Shock collars create an unhealthy increase in heart rate along with some painful burning especially around the neck area. Shock collars create fear and an atmosphere of anxiety. Shock collars can build aggression towards other animals and even their own owners. Shock collars teach the dog what not to do, but of course they can't offer instructions on the desired behavior that the owner of said animal or said dog wants. So in an effort to produce the desired behavior from one's domesticated animal, very important. The shot collar in these cases, whether you agree with this or not, is used to try to domesticate an animal that's not domesticated. Please understand that because it's going to be really important to where we're heading. 
The shock collar is used to produce the desired behavior from an animal that's not domesticated in order to domesticate them. The shock collar creates psychological pain, irrational fear, high stress levels, unhealthy heart activity, aggression toward others, and anxiety about performing any action that will cause additional shock, burns, and pains. The shock collar is designed to curb behavior to make sure that certain actions are not done for fear of pain. Now, yeah, this sounds inhumane to a domesticated animal like somebody's family pet, somebody's family dog, but it's not a more acceptable approach on a domesticated man. It's not better. It's just as egregious. Now, I've led a, a very interesting professional life in that I've been in management for decades and have been at least two decades into a long history of coaching, mentoring, and some personal development roles in my time. Now, I'm not sure what my life would have been without those lessons, but there's nothing cool about hearing stories of men in their 30s, even up to their 60s, essentially dead inside because they've abandoned their dreams on the side of the road. Now, what they're utilizing instead is either a worldly idea of what a full-bodied man is supposed to be or somebody's depiction of what a man should be based on what their fathers were or were not. I'm just talking out loud, not attacking anybody. Once again, essentially, they've chosen someone else's dream. It doesn't fit. It doesn't match. It's kind of tight around the waist. It's bulky around the shoulders. That's because it's made for someone else and not you. Now, I've seen this and I still see it today. It doesn't make me feel any more confident or encouraged. Often wish I didn't have to say anything about this. But I absolutely hate seeing a man clearly wearing a shot collar, theoretically speaking, of course, not an, act, not an actual shot collar. I think society with all this woes, I don't think we're that bad yet. But it's, I hate seeing a man raging against anyone that questions his manhood or his ability to make decisions without groupthink. He snarls and growls at anyone that even attempts to get him off of his comfortable couch. He works he runs errands. He tries to meet the need of everyone around him, employer, parent, children, and his wife. Everybody but his God. Every year that passes, that old dream becomes easier to forget and further and further away from reality. There's a book that has transformed the way I think about topics like this. It, I'm not saying it is the book on the subject. I'm just saying for me, it is my book, my preferred book, my strong recommendation on topics like this. It's by the author John Eldridge, and the book is entitled Wild at Heart. Many of you are familiar with it. I've had discussions with you guys about it. It talks about a lot of themes that are germane to man. But the message is one of the purest I've seen in a while. As a matter of fact, probably ever. It's one of the greatest of its kind on delving into the understanding of who man is from creation to who we're supposed to be in purpose, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, developmentally, in every area, the full man, the full person, the whole person. Talks about the primal desire to grow, to conquer, and war against anything that would inhibit freedom, liberty, and purpose. 
I can tell you this right now with a certainty. If you've never read Wild at Heart by John Eldridge, and I've have, I've promoted books on our show many times, but I'm definitely going to strongly promote this one. If you haven't read it, I encourage you to read it. I guarantee, I can guarantee that you're going to be different by the end of that book. You might even be willing to run through a wall after you read this book. It has that kind of ability because it ignites something that has seemed to gone out in many men that we see around us now. There's a fear, in, or I should say there's a fire inside of us, excuse me. There's a fire inside of us when we fall off of the seesaw at the playground and skin our knee. We look around fearfully like, oh, I need help. I fell down. I'm hurt. But we still need to be fiery and passionate. And that's the kind of thing that we don't see much lately. Participation awards, effeminate men, areas where we just don't see the man in the sense or the purpose that God created them to be. We see a different version. Many may argue that it's good, it's better, it's more compassionate, it's more feeling, but the fire that's inside man, honestly, with all of our faults as men, history, especially the better parts, were shaped because of that fire. When that first girlfriend breaks our hearts and we're banished to our room listening to love ballads and sad songs about lost love, we're still supposed to keep the fire lit. This book speaks about someone who unintentionally puts out the fire in an effort to protect her son. The result isn't protection from the world and safety. The actual result is a man now fully grown and unable to cope with disappointment, unable to deal with conflict and definitely averse to feeling pain. So they either lash out at other people violently or they die a slow death in the bosom of a woman. Decision-making is a touchy subject in this shock collar chronicle. Where I come from and what I've always understood, decision-making, especially in the confines of a loving relationship, is done by two people who agree on an approach. They discuss, they view all points on the issue, and after considering every factor, they decide on a course of action or decide on no action at all. It isn't really reasoning together when one person in a relationship decides this course of action won't work and implodes the entire discussion. End the discussion. Wave the white flag. Do what I say, or I'm taking the kids. Sounds extreme. You see it on TV and probably not in real life in your world, but this is actually happening. And there are actual examples that I know of myself where this is taking place. And it's not just one or two. When it comes to business, same kind of scenario. Very touchy subject. One person in the relationship sees a great idea and thinks it would be great for their family, great for their finances, great for their health. Great for their growth. The other one thinks it's too risky. There's too many questions. It disturbs our comfort. So one will undoubtedly pick the safest option. The other one is willing to risk it. There's the shock. Whatever you want to do is fine with me. No reasoning. One person dominating conversations, dominating decision-making entering into business ventures, and even parenting as well. 
I don't think our children should be allowed to play with certain children. I don't think our kids should eat this. I don't think we should ever raise our voices, ever. We should talk softly and slowly and calmly, no matter what the situation is. <laughs> Whatever you want to do is fine with me. Choosing a local church. I know that one very well, and I've seen that around me in my circles a lot. I want a church close to our home so we don't have to drive far. I want a church that only meets for an hour. I want a church in this part of town and not in that neighborhood. I want a church we can attend on Sundays and we don't need to be involved with extra meetings during the week. Whatever you want to do is fine with me. Even clothing, clothing choices. I think you look great in that shirt, honey. Those pants are cute. Honey, you don't look like a circus clown. I bought this for you. I think you look snazzy in this. Whatever you want to do is fine with me. Friendship and relationships. They live too far away. Let's make friends with somebody next door instead. Their kids go to that private school and the husband's an attorney and the wife is a doctor. Let's be friends with them. Whatever you want to do is fine with me. Family gatherings and family vacations. I know we haven't seen your parents in two years, but my mom really wants to see us again this year. So we're planning a family vacation with them only. Whatever you want to do is fine with me. The children's future career choices. Our boys are not playing football. They're going to be artists. Whatever you want to do, honey, is fine with me. Do you know this one-sided dictatorship even extends to one's choice of the friends, hairstyles, home buying, and the list goes on and on and on? I wish this was tongue-in-cheek and not a real situation. It'd be easier. I wish these were just scenarios from a really bad movie. But this is the life of friends, current and former. The reality of clients, former, co-workers, old employees. This is what it looks like on the lives of highly successful people as well. People who are teachers, mentors, and role models to many of us. This isn't isolated to some kind of religion or socioeconomical status or some remote part of the world. Excuse me. This is the real thing happening everywhere. But why is it a problem? Well, I know some folks personally that like the peace of having a robot following instructions and just nodding in agreement. Yeah, you know who you are. I know some folks that have a fire to do, to do amazing things. And that fire is inside of them, slowly going dim and dim every single day. Their families are never going to see it because they don't feel comfortable sharing their dreams in fear of being mocked or shot. Or having their ideas shot down. When they get around a certain company, you can see it. Their eyes light up. Their voices rise. Their hands start moving. They get more animated. They get alive again. You can clearly see what moves the needle for them. You can even see the seed that's inside of them that's begging to become a tree. Until they return back home to the fear of being shocked. I love and have quoted a very memorable quote from our former mentor, Dr. Miles Monroe. It reads, in short, the wealthiest place on the planet is just down the road. It is the cemetery. There lie buried companies that were never started, inventions that were never made, best-selling books that were never written, and masterpieces that were never painted. 
In this cemetery is buried the greatest treasure of untapped potential. What have we never determined here that's the reason for this? I mean, why didn't the dreams happen? Was it an unhealthy attachment to a nine to five? In addition to family fantasy sports or gambling or what was it that couldn't deter God's God given dreams and put them in grave clothes instead? I'm just asking because this shock collar syndrome, as I call it, is not some figment of our imagination. This is a real thing happening to real people. It's not just on the husband's or the mothers, or the wives, or the sons, it's on all of us. Because the minute that we allow someone else to take away our purpose, or diminish our purpose, it means that we have taken the life that we've been blessed with, that we're fortunate to have, that can change the lives of the entire world, like we talk about every week, and turn us into robots. And manservants and slaves emotionally and mentally and spiritually. And we become a shell of ourselves rather than the person that we were called to be. This is just one example of a large problem. But 2022 was the year to shot call it. I'm really hoping. I'm praying too that 2023 is not a continuation of that. But we're calling it out today on the Call Me Mr. You because we got to. So with all my heart, I hope it's not something as insignificant and useless as a shot collar. Let's shed those today and be who we're supposed to be. Wherever you are today and however you are listening to the Call Me Mr. You, the podcast, thank you again for making the Call Me Mr. You a small part of your morning, your day, and your week. We're your weekly mirror check before you go change the world. Every Monday and every Thursday, new episodes on our new platform, Good Pods. And of course, on Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you again. Enjoy the music. Coach out. Thanks again for listening to the Call Me Mr. You, the podcast. Hope you enjoyed the show. Please like, share, and subscribe to our YouTube channel for all of our full-length live episodes. And of course, if you're an audio listener, wherever you enjoy your podcast listening, you can find the Call Me Mr. You, the podcast. Hope you enjoyed the show. Go change the world. Coach out.